0: You are listening to the Business Society podcast, formerly known as Think Like a CFO. The Business Society is a podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners, where we talk all about what it means to be an entrepreneur and manage the money in your business and personal life. I'm your host, Melissa Houston, and I am a CPA with over 20 years of experience working with entrepreneurs just like you. And I am here to share my knowledge and love of all things business. Check out my blog at thebusinesssociety.co and make sure you check out my articles at forbes.com. Rebecca Tracy is the founder of The Uncaged Life, where she works with coaches and online business owners to get clear on their brand message, create packages that sell, and help them get and keep clients, all while working from home with no pants on. Rebecca runs a highly engaged online Facebook group of over 14,000 entrepreneurs. Rebecca started her business while living in a camper van, and now she owns a sweet upgraded van and lives in her dream town of Squamish, BC, surrounded by mountains where she is truly living her uncaged life. Hi, Rebecca Tracy, I am so happy to welcome you to the Business Society podcast today. How are you, my friend?
1: Hi, thank you. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Yes, I am excited to talk to you because you are the business owner of The Uncaged Life. And I am actually a former student of yours. So I'm super happy to be talking with you today to catch up, see how life is going. Because the last time I think we were in contact was probably around the end of April maybe of 2020. So like right when the pandemic was just oh my starting. Gosh. Wait, is yeah. that when you did the program? I thought
1: you were way earlier than that.
0: No, it was just at the pandemic. Oh my God, has this has been a long year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a telltale sign. So I would love for you to tell listeners about your business.
1: Right. So my business is called The Uncaged Life. I guess you'd call me a business coach. I don't really have a job title these days. I run a marketing program for coaches and solopreneurs, working with them on the foundations of their business. So teaching things like messaging and niching and creating packages and programs and basically just getting businesses set up to start to get those
0: first few paying clients in the door. Absolutely. And that is definitely a program that is high in demand for, especially lately with most businesses going online now. Have you seen a spike in sales or anything?
1: It's been interesting. It's been about the same. It's been steady. I think with the pandemic, we were like, oh, we're in a good position because people want to start online businesses. But of course, there's also the panic of people losing jobs and not having income and all the uncertainty. But I think it's leveling out now. And And over the last year, we've definitely seen more people kind of at least get their side hustle business started on the side.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's a great program. I know that I learned a lot from it. So do you want to maybe talk about how you got your business started?
1: Yeah, I started. So I feel like I've been in the online business world for ages now because it's been over 10 years, which is a lifetime online business. Yeah. 2011, I started. November 2011. And I, I started my business while I was actually living in a van. So I went on a year-long rock climbing trip and was like, "I should also start a business because because why?
0: Because I need to fund my trip. <laughs>
1: I need to. Yeah, I knew I wanted to do it. I didn't want to wait till the end of the trip. So I really started it. I was more of a coach at the time, more of a life coach, and I was working with. I had too many niches when I started. My business wasn't clear, which is why I do what I do now because I learned very quickly what needed to happen for things to work. But I started it really because I was really passionate about helping people be able to create a career for themselves that let them live a life. I had a lot of friends who were, you know, stuck in nine to fives and hated them and just couldn't see a way out. And I just had never had that life. And I was really just interested in helping other people uncaged themselves I guess the name has stuck (laughs) for a decade and as I was doing that I was I was working for some other companies doing online marketing and social media so I was kind of learning the business side of things through my employment but then like life coaching on the side and eventually those two things merged together and I realized I had a knack for kind of the the clarity and foundations piece to the whole business building puzzle I mean as you know business changes so much over every single year so over 10 years it shifted quite a bit in in what i'm doing but it started as me life coaching other other health coaches and other life coaches because i was both of those things at the time And just trying to help them figure out how they could turn this thing into a business that would feel good for them.
0: That's great. So when you first started your business, what kind of challenges did you face? I mean, you did mention that you hadn't niched down, so maybe a little bit of background on how that's problematic to begin with, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with
1: this. Oh my gosh! When I started, so I was actually in nutrition school first. So the first business I attempted to start was as a health coach, and. I was also, I had also done life coaching, I done health coaching, and I was interested in sort of the business, like starting your own business side of things. And I was trying to smush all of those things together. And I remember sitting in a coffee shop trying to make my blog on WordPress, no idea what I was doing and trying to figure out how to work in the recipes that I wanted to share along with like, The you know the like how to start your business advice and i was just i couldn't figure it out obviously because those things should not exist in one blog together and so i i finally had to just give myself permission to drop a couple of the things that i was trying to do and i was like let's just focus on one thing for a few months and we'll see how it goes and i can always bring in the recipes if i want to later of course i never did but it was it was tricky because i'd gone to school for health coaching and that's the business i thought i was starting but I had all this other stuff I wanted to weave in. And so I I really did have to give myself permission to just let go of the health coaching piece, even though I had just spent two years at school and thousands of dollars and all of this training. At the end of the day, it wasn't the piece that I wanted to do and to fit in. And so letting it go was the best thing I ever did, but it definitely took some time for me to be okay with that decision.
0: You know, I love that you're mentioning that because it happens to so many of us where we, you know, start on a path and then we feel like because we've invested so much time and money into it that we can't let it go. Like we have to just stay the course, even though it may not be working. Yeah. The sunk cost fallacy it's called,
1: right? I believe yes. that we, we, we put the money in and so we got to keep doing it.
0: So when you started, okay, so you started niching down, and that started working? Like you, It did, did you- start
1: working. I got, okay. I got a client who found me just through my website within like three weeks of making that shift. And I'm like a stranger, which was, you know, previously I previously had been coaching friends and friends of friends and people I'd met. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, somebody on the internet found my website and wants to give me money, which was huge, right? When you're a new business owner, that's like, Obviously, that's the goal. But it it's crazy when it actually happens. And I wasn't even as niched as I am now. But I was niched enough. I was specific to the business, the business side of things. I was still life coaching, but for businesses, and I dropped all of the other pieces around it. And even just that switch was enough for people to go, Oh, I, I understand what she does now. And I, I want some of that. And of course, over a decade, I've niched it even more.
0: So when we were talking earlier, you had mentioned like, you know, you had intentions of starting a business that would be maybe making $50,000 a year in revenue. And that drastically changed quite quickly. So I would love <laughs> to hear this story.
1: Yes, happy to talk about the money. I think that came from always having temporary jobs. I traveled a ton through my 20s. I started my business when I was 30. I traveled a bunch through my 20s. I had I would work just enough to make enough money to kind of go on, on the next adventure and that was great for me and i was like i was i never had a job where i made probably more than $40,000 and i was like if i could just make enough to live and keep traveling and maintain this lifestyle like that's all i want i didn't want to build a company i had no dreams of being you know like like building something even as big as it is now but then it happened <laughs> i think it happened it didn't happen right away my first year i made $12,000 which was still great and then my next year i made $80,000 and then the company kept growing i think it happened because as well as you know because you're you're a CPA right <laughs> as you start to run a business you realize it costs money you realize there's a lot of expenses you can't do it all on your all on your own there's things to pay for and so i quickly realized that even when i hit the 100,000 dollar mark it wasn't a lot of money for me to be bringing home because i had expenses and i had team members at that point that i you know i had a virtual assistant that i had to pay for and i had my own business training and business coaches and so the money and then taxes. So the money goes very quickly.
0: It does go very quickly, and very I love quickly. that you're talking about
1: this. I love it. Uh, I, the six figure thing is like now. When I before I started my business, I was like, I don't need to make six figures. Who cares? And now I realize that is not. That's hardly enough money to run a business. It's yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not. So yeah. everyone you should, should be, be looking for at the, the profit
0: instead of the revenue that you're. Hundred percent. Yeah. So then, but there must've been some sort of like switch in your business to go from six figure to seven figure. I mean, that, that happened relatively quickly.
1: It didn't really actually. So we're, so I would say I last, it was actually, I think it was last year in a 12 month period. We like just, like just hit seven figures. Cause we had three launches kind of in that same period, but that's a tech that's 10 years in the making. So we've grown really steadily every year over a decade. So it's not overnight. It's certainly not as fast as some people get to seven figures in their business for sure. But it was also never the goal, which I which is why I think it's interesting that I was able to just continuously slow and steady build my business so that our revenue was growing every year without ever having a goal of like, we need to make a million dollars. Like it was just that we were doing things so well, that we kept fine tuning, we kept revising things, we kept simplifying things. And so we kept growing to this stage, which is now fun. (laughs) It's fun to look at and go, holy, Crap! This is not what I had planned ten years ago.
0: Yeah, for sure, right? Because like what we said, it, it just was—you know—you you had small dreams at the beginning, and then look where you are now. So that must feel amazing to look back on and see all you that you've accomplished.
1: It does. It feels cool. What's interesting is that there's way way more expenses when the business gets to this level. It's like the amount of money that I spend on just team members is more than I made for the first few years of my business, but it's much more sustainable, I think. For So my goal was always to build a business that let me have a lifestyle and let me, you know, my, my 50K goal was so that I could just keep traveling and keep exploring and keep like living. And now I can do that. But I have a team that like keeps the business running, which is just so much more sustainable than me trying to keep it running. But then going off for two months in the summer to play and then coming back and going like, oh my gosh, I have to run my business again. So it's interesting because more money goes to team, but it means that the business is running and we're still serving clients while I'm off living my life. So it's been a great shift.
0: And I love how you're being so honest talking about how, you know, it was 10 years in the making to get that to that seven figures, because quite often, I mean, there's a lot of internet noise, people come in as an entrepreneur, and they're like, I want to get to seven figures in a year. And the reality of that is, first of all, to grow that quickly, it's very risky, like from an accountant perspective, it's very risky, you can't sustain that growth, you need a lot of capital to sustain that growth. And chances are, it will fail
1: yeah the systems you need the just the knowledge like everything from it depends on the business model of course we have like a a higher volume of clients we don't sell really high ticket but customer service technology involved the systems involved the team required like all of that stuff you build up slowly in your business you have a problem you're like oh how do i solve this oh i get a team member and you slowly figure it out but I always say this too. my students who come in and want to make six figures overnight. I'm like, people do it, but they burn out because they don't have everything in place to be able to sustain what they need to sustain to actually keep that going year
0: after year or
1: they're floundering to figure it out and they completely burn out.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely so much easier to make the mistakes because you will make the mistakes. Every entrepreneur makes the mistakes at the beginning. And it's so much easier to do that at the beginning when you're not, when you don't have as much money at risk or, you know, just... structure to maintain it or like thousands
1: of clients waiting for you to deliver a service that you can't deliver because you've screwed up somewhere
0: (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. so it's it's definitely much better to make those mistakes in the earlier years rather than not make mistakes and not learn from them because you're losing a huge opportunity from learning from your clients Yeah. yeah yeah
1: i'm really proud that we've built to where we have and that i still have the same lifestyle that i did when i started like I haven't gotten to the point of burnout. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't, I need to quit totally up and quit my business or I need to hire like 10 full-time team members to do this work. Like we're still a really small team and it still feels fun to me. It doesn't feel like a, a huge overwhelming thing that I'm not able to manage. And I think that's rare from what I, from friends that I talk to and business colleagues who have kind of had, you know, a similar but different journey. I think it's easy to kind of get excited about the growth, but then get into a position where you're you're in a job you don't
0: want anymore. Exactly. Yeah, because you don't want it turning into a job. So what's the secret to your success here? Because I know, okay, I don't know if you're still using this model. But you launch two times a year. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, we launch our live program twice a year. But we now have it on Evergreen. So in between those two launches. Yeah. So that is the thing that had us really be able to jump in growth. Because when we were launching twice a year, I'm very actively involved in the program. So we can't we, we have a cap on it we can't just put unlimited people in it so we needed something else to sell and we didn't have anything else to sell for a while which was very stupid and i remember taking mariah Cause's program and she was like why isn't your signature program on evergreen and i was like oh you can do that <laughs> and she was like yeah so now How we sell it been- as a self-study. That's been since 2019 that we turned it into a self-study. And that's been what's let us grow because we actually now can enroll people all year round. And then we still do the live round twice a year at a higher price.
0: Now I have to ask, is Aaron still with you?
1: Erin Foley? Yes. yes. Our mindset coach. Yes. Total lifesaver, that girl, yes. Yeah, she still works with us in the program. We coach, well, she she would have been in your round too, so we coach alongside of each other. Our students get a ton of her mindset coaching in the program, and then all of her videos and some of pre-recorded calls are in the self-study version as well. So if someone's not doing it live, they still get a lot of Erin Foley love. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Yeah. Cause she's amazing. And I remember at the beginning, I had to, you know, squeeze in a couple of emergency one on one sessions with her. Just oh, did to, you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Get my, get my mind, you know, focused. And
1: she's an incredible mindset coach. And I've been in other programs that have mindset coaching and it's, kind of more like cheerleading. And she's just really gets down to like what is getting in your way. And she's very realistic and and tangible with the support that she provides. Yeah, she's been such a savior. And I think we our students get way better results now that she's in the program. So I hope she never leaves us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's definitely a gem. That's for sure. So what kind of advice would you give to people that are just starting out in their business venture?
1: Oh my gosh, niche in (laughs) like just don't be afraid to get really specific about what you do at the beginning, because as your business grows, you'll have more bandwidth to play around in sort of like peripheral niches. But if you're starting like I was trying to serve like three completely different industries, like health coaching, life coaching, marketing, it's just too, it gets too watered down. Nobody understands what you do. It's really hard to write any content or have sales calls because you're never quite sure how to explain it to someone. And I, I just, I know from, you know, this is what we do in our in our program too, is help people with this. But I've just seen personally, the impact that it has to just own a niche area and get really clear and really tangible with it. And then let that grow, because you want money coming in. Like you as a CPA know, I'm sure you've seen so many people running businesses with no money coming in and they burn out before they get anywhere. And so the quickest way to get money coming in is to niche in, get things rolling, and then you have some breathing room to play around if you want to shift a little bit.
0: Now, when you say niching, and yeah, for sure, but what kind of services do you typically get starters to offer?
1: I advocate for one-on-one services to start. I just think it's the easiest, quickest way to get money in. You don't need complicated sales funnels. You don't need a whole bunch of tech. You don't need to deal with the logistics of a bunch of students coming in and group programs and all that stuff. I love group programs, obviously. I run one, but one-on-one is definitely the quickest, fastest way to start getting money in. I just see so many people who want to start with creating a passive online course. And I just think there's, like you said, there's so much noise (laughs) in the online business world about Create a course, create a passive income. And it it
0: happens through I Don't even get me started income. about passive income. This could be a whole other thing. <laughs> no, by definition, creating an online course is not passive. No, you have to market
1: it. You have to yeah, there's, there's a lot to, of work. So <laughs> put your money into some investments that just sit there. That is passive exactly. income. Exactly. It, nothing in your business is gonna be passive income. And we sell and keep your business on our self-study. And sometimes I'll go away for a week and I'll come back and there's five sales. Cool, but how much work have I done all year long for those five exactly. sales to come in?
0: Like, exactly. And you may still have to maintain the, well, I mean, and you should maintain the customer service level. Yeah, this customer you know, just service, it, tech issues. Yeah, exactly. Just because it's evergreen doesn't mean that you never, ever have to. You don't touch it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: We'll have outdated courses all over the internet rolling in the money. It's not how it works.
0: And I mean, to put your course on evergreen, I, I believe that you would need to have a certain amount of following, you know, people really knowing who you are, having that foundation established before you're just like, okay, here I am. Here it is. It's on evergreen. Now let's go. Well, yeah. And you need, you need to become a marketing machine. Like
1: our, all of our focus now is based on getting people through our sales funnel, getting people to watch our webinar, looking at all of the conversion numbers of every single email. It's like you become this marketing machine for people who go into business because they love what they do. They want to be a coach. They want to be an accountant. They want to do whatever. You're not going to be doing that anymore. If you're selling an online course, you're going to be literally becoming a marketer, which I think people don't realize that that shift happens.
0: That's true. And that's a really good point. I'm glad that you brought it up for listeners, because it totally changes the focus of your business.
1: Yeah, I'm in marketing, so I love it. (laughs) But for, you know, for the average life coach, it's not what they want to do. So it's nice. It's it's a nice idea to have a course on the side, but it doesn't sell itself, unfortunately.
0: hmm. So, you know, since we're talking about a lot of noise on the Internet and stuff, and I'm huge about talking about that, because I really like to blow up the the misinformation out there. What kind of realistic expectations would you set for people?
1: Oh, my gosh. <sighs> people, oh, my students always ask me this, and they're like, how long is it going to take? <laughs> I'm like, yeah,
0: I mean, that's the big question. <laughs> right?" I, and like,
1: I, I don't know. I usually tell people to give it two years of doing the work, but also like shifting as you go. So not just like, I'm going to pick a thing and just have at it for two years and not shift like Aaron Foley, our mindset coach always talks about persistency, consistency and openness and being willing to shift as you go. And I think that if you have support, so this is why, I mean, this is why I do what I do. This is why I'm advocate always having a business coach at the beginning is to figure out what's not working. Cause you can make a business work. Anyone can make a business work. It's not rocket science. It's not a mystery, but if you're, if you keep going in the same area and it's not working, you have to figure out where the pivot needs to happen. And sometimes that takes, I I would say that takes about two years of kind of tinkering and shifting. It doesn't mean you're not making money for two years, but that's about the timeline of sort of being able to start to see how all the pieces connect and starting to get the ball rolling and being like, oh, this is who, okay, this is actually going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause once it starts clicking, then you're like, Once it oh.
1: starts clicking and you, you start to understand how to market, you start to understand how to sell your services in a way that actually you know, is something that people want to buy. Then things start to snowball faster after that. And it can happen. It can obviously, we've seen it happen faster and we've seen it happen slower, but I think, I mean, I'm a big fan, I I bet you'd agree with this, of people keeping their jobs while they start a business. I think it's really risky to decide to quit your job and then think your business is gonna be paying your bills in three months. It doesn't doesn't happen. (laughs) It doesn't happen. You can actually invest in your business and your website and all those things when you have money coming in. And so I think- And sleep
0: at night. Sleep at night. financial stress.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I always tell people, I'll sometimes have people be like, hey, I'm gonna quit my job and join your program. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Do the program and then like let's look at what that timeline looks like after that.
0: Yeah, because there's absolutely no such thing as an overnight success. As much as we hear these stories, I really don't believe them. And you know, once you get into the nitty-gritty of it, if you're actually talking to somebody who once perceived as being an overnight success, they will tell you it didn't happen overnight.
1: Yeah, or or sometimes where I have seen it happen is if somebody has a business and marketing background and they've had other businesses for a decade And they're like launching a new thing, right? And they have an understanding of whatever, product product development, marketing, like they have that understanding and knowledge and this, Things in place to do it, then sometimes. But that's ten years of business experience. Exactly. Right? I was going to say that <laughs> with, most no one. Most people, you know, most of us aren't starting with that. I do business coaching. I didn't even start with that.
0: Exactly. Um, and I and I hear often when I talk to other people, they're like, "Well, you know, this is my you know fourth or fifth business I've started, or whatever the number is." And it's like they're right there, you know that it was all obviously a struggle or they would have these businesses still in play. Right. And there's nothing wrong with struggle. I'm not say- suggesting at all that with maybe, you know, business failures or whatever, I don't see those things as failures. I see them as learning opportunities. So I just want to be clear on that.
1: Oh, totally. I've had my fair share when I started my, my health coaching nutrition business. And even in the uncaged life I think I tried to launch an online course in my first year and zero people. Well, actually, one person bought it and then I refunded them because I was like, I hadn't created the course yet. (laughs) So, so, you know, I've launched so many things over the years that just so many people
0: have similar stories. Everyone. Yeah. Anyone
1: who has a business has tried to sell something that didn't sell. Guaranteed.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, okay, so we talked about niching. But before we go, what would be the one thing that you would really want listeners to take away from this conversation today?
1: I think if you can have the mindset, this is where we need Erin Foley. (laughs) If you can have the mindset that it's possible to make your thing work. Because I think that people think, oh, it's either... My business idea is not good, or like I'm just not cut out to be a business owner, which is what I actually thought. I was like, I'm kind of lazy, and I don't know if I'm smart enough to do this. But I think that <laughs> which was you, so
0: not true. Sorry, I'm I laughing mean, I figured I it agreed. out.
1: But, but I figured it out, right? And I think yeah. that if you if you come in with the belief that like any business can work, but you have to figure out how to make it work. Sometimes it's shifting your niche completely. Sometimes it's shifting the actual service that you're offering, like there's going to have to be compromises and shifts. But if you come in with a belief that you can 100% make this work, you, it's your job to figure out how to make it work, it can help. Because we sometimes, I, I see students sometimes come in with, I'll call it like a feeling of like entitlement or sort of a black and white. It's either, it's either like this business is going to work or it's not. Taking away their personal power to make it work. And we can all make businesses work. We just need to learn how, learn the right tools, figure out, pivot. So I think if you come in with that mindset, anyone can be successful.
0: You know, I really love that you mentioned that, too, because I remember at the beginning, and I still do. I mean, I'm always very honest about my shortcomings. It's always marketing, you know, As especially as a CPA. I'm like, marketing, you might as well be speaking a completely foreign language to me because, especially at first, I'm like, I just don't get this. I don't get it. So there was a lot of struggle around the marketing, and you would know you know, if your marketing is not aligned, what happens?
1: Yeah. And it's for, I mean, you've taken the program. So, you know, like the biggest thing that we talk about is the language. It's like people just have to understand what you're selling. And if you're a healer or a life coach or someone who does something that's not really concrete. And even sometimes as a CPA, like we have CPAs and lawyers who come in and they're like, no one really gets what I do. <laughs> they don't really know the, the value of how I can help them and the benefits. And so it's just shifts in how you're talking about it. Usually that make all the difference in marketing, but we tend to think of marketing as like, I need to be on Instagram and I need to be on LinkedIn and I need to run Facebook ads, but we don't realize marketing is just like learning how to talk about what we do in a way that makes sense to people and is clear to them and lines up with like what they need. And if you can nail that, then, all the other marketing tools you learn are actually going to work for you.
0: Yeah, I love that. So that's great advice. Now, I know that you're launching very shortly for your for your next round, your next live launch. So would you like to give us some details on where people can find you?
1: Yeah, the next live launch is in October. I don't know the exact date right now. October 11th, or something around there. <laughs> I don't have my calendar open. And you can find all the info at the Uncaged Life Dot com. The program's called Encage Your Business. Depending on when this is released, you may, the sales phase may or may not be live, but it's specifically for service businesses. We work with a lot of coaches and solopreneur type businesses that are working to just to figure out how to get those first paying clients and how to figure out this whole marketing piece and make it all actually work for them.
0: Love it. And we are going to leave the links in the show notes. So if you're listening, and you don't have a pen right now, that's fine. You can go to the show notes and grab the links. So I am so glad that you and I had a chance to catch up and have a talk. So I'm really glad that you've, you've joined us today. Thank you so much, Rebecca.
1: Yes, thank you. It's been so fun seeing all the shifts in your business too, in just a year. Yeah, thank <laughs> Very you. Very exciting. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business Society Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with someone you think would love it. Until next time, I'm Melissa Houston. And never forget, nobody will ever care about your money as much as you do. So never give your financial power away.